Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. From ABC, this is the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. This is a a highly unusual version of of the 10% Happier Podcast. The most times we've ever had to bleep any guest or guests ever and probably forever uh, but well worth it uh this is this is unusual in <laughs> in a variety of uh, of of ways well one one way that i just want to highlight early on is that we, we kind of did it backwards where we get to meditation at the very end so let me just step back and tell the full story here i've been uh kind of obsessed with music for a long time in fact the first thing i do every morning it's just this deeply ingrained habit is i look at, or among the first things I do is I look at the website Pitchfork, which every day they put up new reviews for uh, for records. And um, I don't know where I saw a review for the following band. I, I don't think it actually was on Pitchfork, but it was somewhere. I also look at the website Metacritic, where they aggregate reviews for movies and TV shows and, and uh, new music. And I think that's probably where I saw the reviews for a band called Culture Abuse. And I had heard of them, actually, because they had done some really great songs with another band that, I'm, uh, that I really like called Waves. And it's W-A-V-V-E-S, I think is how Waves spells their name. And so I started listening to their record. This was maybe a couple weeks ago. And I, I loved it. And I tweeted about it. I almost never tweet about anything other than my son or meditation. And I tweeted about it, basically just saying that this record is one of the few records I've heard in memory where literally every song is catchy. They come out of a pop punk tradition, more punk than pop tradition in San Francisco, which is a long history of uh, a venerable history of punk music dating back to green day and beyond. Um, And uh, so they're, they're, they're definitely on the heavier end, but, but, you know, they sound a little bit like sort of a more uh, cuddly Nirvana or the strokes and but the the album is fantastic. Although, as you'll hear, I do fear on some level uh, for them that the fact that I love them and I'm 47 years old and lame is not a good sign for them. But anyway, uh, they uh, the record is fantastic. So I tweeted about it, not thinking it was going to go anywhere. Um, but they wrote back with something jokey along the lines of, hey, man, you should put us on TV. We have a lot to say. Uh, and I just said uh, do you meditate and they said yes i didn't believe them but they said yes so i said come on the podcast um just for on a lark i said come on the podcast and they said yes to that and so uh, you'll hear the results but after i so it was only after loving the album and then after having a little random twitter back and forth with them that i actually googled them so i didn't know anything about them and when i googled them i found out some i, I learned something um Really remarkable. So this is even after I invited them on the podcast is when I learned that what I think is kind of the headline of the story or one of the headlines, which is the lead singer uh, and the and the guy who writes all the songs, David, uh, has cerebral palsy. And um, in fact, um, in the one interview I found with him, uh, talked about how he's he wasn't until his late twenties, early thirties, where he felt comfortable enough to play his songs in public because he was just worried what people would think of him. And it made me think, are, is there any band with any member uh, who had, you know, prominently uh, uh, disabled? 
And I just c- couldn't think of any, although you'll hear in the interview that we do, I guess, mention the drummer for Def Leppard. But that's a while ago. Um, and he didn't start out. He had an accident and lost an arm and then learned how to play. It was amazing what he did. But anyway, he's the front man of a band. And I can't think of any other example. And I think that's really incredible. And uh, as you'll hear, he's an incredible person. And his story is remarkable. And a- as are the stories of many of his, of his bandmates. Um, I was a little worried going into the interview because uh, I thought, what if I don't like them and I love their record so much? Um, but they turned out to be phenomenally friendly and interesting. And let me say one other thing before we get to your calls, which is that my son, my three-year-old son, Alexander, absolutely loves this band. Um, and they're not kids' music by any stretch. In fact, there are some songs we can't play for him uh, because of the language. Um but he really loves his band. We listen to it in the bathtub, and there's one song called Be Kind to the uh, Bugs that he's obsessed with, and I it's played around our house so many times that I can now recite it from memory. Uh, so great interview coming up, uh, and uh, you'll hear more of it in a second. Uh, sorry for the unusually long intro, but let's get to the voicemails. My usual caveat, as you know, not a meditation teacher, not a mental health expert. Uh, just a reporter who likes to meditate, uh, so don't take my answers too seriously. Uh, here we go. Call number one. Hi, Dan. Um, just starting out with uh, meditation, and uh, it's it's tough, but um, I, I think it's effective. But uh, my question is, and you might have already covered this uh, somewhere along the way, what is your thoughts and feelings on um, using antidepressants in conjunction with uh, meditation? Thanks a lot. Oh, you know, a lot of people, I I get a little worried sometimes when I hear from people that, you know, they're looking to use meditation to get off medication. Um, and it, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing, but I'm not anti-modern medicine. And if your physician and you agree that medication can be useful, I think it can be incredibly useful. And there, it's not either or i mean you you can take medication and do meditation and do talk therapy and get your physical exercise and enough sleep and eat well you can do all of these things and um it all goes toward the same goal which is making you saner and uh so i am i think antidepressants if you and your doctor are of a mind that it's it's effective in your case Absolutely. Go for it. It's a, And they've saved the lives of countless people. Now, are we over-medicated? You know, I, there are a lot of people who believe we are, and I think that's a, a, a problem worth discussing. But in an individual life, if again, if you're working with a, a physician uh, and you trust him or her, then then I don't there's no shame in that game. And, and if you've got depression, that is not your fault. It's, you know, it, you're, the, the brain is an organ like any other organ. And uh, sometimes they can be problematic. So long way of saying go for it if you're doing both at the same time. I think they can work really nicely in concert. Um, here's the second call. Hi, Dan. This is Matt from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, quick question for you. If you had to recommend one book or reading um, that you've come across around meditation or even more just classical Buddhism um, that you've read and studied over the last several years that you've um, gone deeper into your own spirituality, um, what book would you recommend or, or publication would you recommend to your readers and why? Thank you. Bye. That's a toughie. Just one? I mean, I guess it's my show. I can do whatever I want, but I'll try to 
play by your rule. Um, I, I, I guess I would go with, you know, again, with the caveat that there are probably seven or eight books that I really would recommend. If I was going to go with one, I would go with Why Buddhism is True by Stephen Batchelor. No, that's not. He wrote Buddhism Without Beliefs. There is another book called Why Buddhism is True uh, by Robert Wright, which is phenomenal. But let me let me give that honorable mention. Um, but Buddhism Without Beliefs is by Stephen Batchelor and uh, is really written uh, from the standpoint of somebody who knows a ton about Buddhism. I spent many, many years as a, as a monk, but is um, not a person of faith and just practice. He's the one, he's the first person I ever heard say Buddhism is, is not something to believe in. It's something to do. And, and that, that really is, you know, the way I, I mean, there are people who practice Buddhism as a religion. And I think that I have no problem with that, but for many of us secular Westerners or Westerners who are subscribers to, of another faith, Buddhism is, you know, really safe place because you can practice Buddhism without having to believe in anything. And, Stephen does a great job. I do need to get Stephen on this podcast because he's written many great books. Um, but that was the first book I read by him, and I think it's probably his most famous book. It's easy to read, short, and uh, I think great and intriguing explainer for you know why it's worth training your mind in this tradition. Uh, and also, Why Buddhism is True is a great book, too. That's a, a slightly longer book, slightly newer book by Robert Wright, and he's been on the podcast, and, and I recommend you listen to that podcast. So I guess I'm slightly cheating there. Okay, let's get to our, our guest this week. As mentioned, the band's name is Culture Abuse. The lead singer, who's this is the first voice you'll hear, and we spend most of the time with him, uh, is David Kelling, although we do bring in the other members eventually. He really has quite an amazing story. And as I said at the beginning, we end up kind of circling back to meditation at the end. So this is a slightly different podcast in that sense. So, but give it a chance because I, I think you're going to get a lot out of this. And uh, I really think this is a, a phenomenal band who's, and that they're, you're, hearing, um, you're hearing a band that, that you'll be hearing a lot more about later on. And um, also, just fair warning, <laughs> there's a phenomenal amount of bleeping that we had to do because of the swear words. But these are punk rockers, so... Give him, give him a break. Anyway, here we go. Culture abuse, David Kelling. I don't know where to start other than I love your record. It's awesome. It really is awesome. I haven't, I think I said this on Twitter, I have not heard a record in a long time where literally every single song is a hit. I mean, every song nails it. And usually people throw on either some sort of interstitial stuff or one really slow jam or I don't know. But you guys just basically said we're going to swing for it on every song. Mm. Well, it's kind of crazy because we had... We went into the studio with like 14 or 15 songs and we played the record for our engineer and, and our, every song. And then like the first day he was just like, let's pick 10. And then we're just kind of like, yeah, I feel like this one, this one, this one, this one, pick 10. So there's like four or five more songs that didn't make the record that I personally now might have switched out a couple. Are they, are they put out an EP? Yeah, well, we didn't, like, f we just tracked it live. Oh, I you know? see, so, so you we didn't, didn't really finish like, them. And that was, like, part of the the thing that was crazy about making the record. It was, like, working with someone who, who like, I mean, we, like, played the song once, and you'd be like, yeah, I like this song and this song. And, you know, and you're like, no, like, listen to the song. You know, <laughs> like, like, I don't, yeah. So you think you un ended up with the catchiest songs because somebody else was making no, gut decisions? No, no, I think that even if we put out 15 song record it still would have you would still be all saying the same still. thing yeah. so you are you writing all the songs <laughs> for the most part 
for I now. I mean, like, and and uh, like more of like the the I'll write the like Bob Dylan Watchtower version and then give it to the band and then we play the Jimi Hendrix version. Got you know it. what I mean? So they'll rough it up for you. Yeah, and probably do some editing. Uh huh. Yeah. But so you're trying to? I mean, you are you? There is there is an ethos. I've been following whatever you want to call it, underground rock, punk rock, indie rock, for most of my life, since some, some kid in, in sophomore year homeroom slipped me a mixtape with the Minutemen on one side and Sonic Youth on the other. Hell yeah. And yeah. Uh, there usually is this pressure in this world, you guys can tell me more about the world, to um, alienate the listener on some level, challenge the listener on some level. But you seem to like be, have no problem just being catchy as hell. Even though you've got, I mean, the sound is roughed up in a way that is, you know, that works. But you're not trying to, like, throw in a song that's just completely unlistenable. Yeah, I mean, that that was kind of like the thing from the beginning of the band. It was like, let's just do, let's just, like, when we write a song or, like, we're learning a song or something, it was just like, let's just make it easy. You know, and that's almost the thing that we, like, struggle with sometimes or just to try to, like, if it doesn't like if it doesn't feel natural then we just don't do it and then there's like there's a million songs so far that we've like started and just scrapped because it's like no like but then the good ones i mean because there's the theory that like every every song is like already written and even when you like when you i feel like when i write a song and it's like a good one and a catchy one it'll come out in like 10 minutes you know rather than like like the ones that you're like, oh, I just, oh, I just don't. Oh. So if you're it's struggling, like, that's feedback. If you're struggling, then it, then it's not, then it's not a culture abuse song. You know, like, like, and and so much of like, I feel like a thing of growing up, like it as like a a musician is like when you play in in like your high school band, you want to like show everything that you can do so the guitar player is like playing as much as he can and the drummer is like playing as much as he can and like you know everyone's just trying to like show how talented they are when like now it's just kind of like oh it's just let's just write something that someone could like bob their head to like the entire time and not to be like like these weird parts that you just get thrown off by but you know back in the day I remember when Green Day, you guys are from San Francisco, when Green Day got popular, all the punk kids were, uh, you know, oh, yeah. they sold out and they, their songs were too catchy. Do you get any feedback like, you're too, you're too poppy, you're not punk oh, enough? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like people that are even, like, nice to us in person, like, talk shit behind our back. You know, like, and totally, I feel like we're, like, it, it's kind of, like, it's kind of weird coming from the Bay Area because I almost feel like, the Bay Area to punk rock is like, is like country to Texas. Like your country, you, like if you leave Texas and you play country, you're like kind of disowned. And that's how I feel like being a Bay Area punk band. It's like we're all good, like when we're just in the Bay Area. But then as soon as we like left, then it's like, oh, those guys, you know. Is it? Would it be a knock against you that somebody who's 47 and has a three-year-old kid and is a network news anchor likes your band? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, it would be. That would, we should, we should not we're already, release we this. Not, yes. We're in too deep, though. That's why. That's why we need a sitcom. We love Modern yeah. Family. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we're in. Yeah. We're, we, 
we've already sold out a long time ago. So okay. we, we, <laughs> but we I feel like I I, 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 I was going to defend myself, but I should, I'm not. That's that's um um I don't want to get myself in too deep. Um, but so tell me about this this you know I, I I the the order of operations here was I heard the record. I think I I don't even know why I down. I must have read a review somewhere. Then I remembered that you had done these songs with Waves, another band, and I loved those songs. And so I thought, oh, I'll listen to this record. And I loved it so much that I tweeted about it just for no reason whatsoever, other than once in a while I moved to tweet about a record. And, I mean, it's pretty rare, and I did it in this case, and then we started talking on Twitter. And then it was only after... I said, you should come on the podcast that I started researching you on any level. And I came across <laughs> this fascinating interview you gave. So I, I found this out later. But you talked a little bit about how the fact how you actually almost didn't play your songs publicly for a long time for a reason. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, like, my whole life I've been, like, writing, like, little poppy, little, like, poppy catchy songs. and But then there was, like, I don't know. It's It's, like... You like, talked about how that you were held back by some level of like self disdain. Oh, totally. I mean, like, I. It's weird, like, just putting it out there, especially like, I, just like, devoted my life to like the punk rock scene. I guess if you would, or being like a hardcore band, or being like. So then it's like weird, like, because I play guitar, but I can't. I have cerebral palsy and it affects the right side of my body, so I can't. I'm left-handed, but I have to play the guitar right-handed. I can't hold a pick with my hand, so I just strum with, like, my fingers or pick with my thumb. And so I don't play guitar, like, that good or, like, or like in the classic sense of, like, playing guitar or, like, singing. I don't know. There was just a million things. It was just, like, I was just so, so shy. I mean, I don't know how to, like... Do you think the cerebral palsy played a role it. in that? I mean, yeah. Uh, it was a lot... It's a lot easier, i found, to, like, just get up in front of people and just, like, if you feel like a freak, then you just, like, act like a freak, and everyone just is, like, that's what it is. But it's hard to be, like, if you feel like a freak inside, like, do something beautiful. That's really interesting. And so that really held you back from doing what you wanted to do? Yeah, or I, and I didn't really have any, like... I didn't really have any examples that could show me that I, I, like, I don't know. I always had, like, little demos, and I'd, like, play for my friends or, like, record, like, little, you know, like, little things and show people here and there. But then actually to, like, get to the point, I'm I'm 31, and it took me this long to, like, actually write song. I, I what did you think, that people would make fun of you or they wouldn't accept you? What What did you think? I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that's just, it's like played in your head. Like, even when even when we wrote our demo, it was like I wanted to do it s- in things in certain ways. And then we didn't, you know, like then kind of kept it like live and we were just kind of partying and doing, doing a lot of a lot of stuff and just kind of kept it wild and then we like went and recorded another seven inch and i kind of like still felt like i needed to like yell even though i wanted to like sing and then there was overcompensating yeah and there was just things in my head like i was like okay well everyone like headbangs like junebug headbangs like in the band you know and like if i'm singing like pretty you know like no one's gonna like that like no one in the band's even gonna like that I don't know. It's just like weird, weird things of understanding. But then I'm like, okay, well, 
if you listen to like if you're in the van with us and you listen to the music that we listen to, it's like no one really listens to like heavy music. So, what are you guys listening to? Abba on the road? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that's true. No. no. <laughs> okay. no. Someone, but we DJed the other night and someone was requesting Abba. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did, are there other examples of people who are either? Front men or women in a band, or even in any prominent position in a band, who have a disability. Every once in a while, there's like some some f- a ends with a hole mm-hmm. uh, that will like that will hit us. <laughs> be like, yeah. There's like some. That's how he's our cowbell man. There is people that will be like, well, what about this band? And it's like, Ooh, like some, the drummer like, from Def Leppard. Obscure, right? Yeah. Well, right. I mean, I mean, that's the only example I can come up with. Right. Well, and that's... that's and he was like, a drummer. And that's the question. And that's is what's difficult. And, like, it's kind of, like, a weird because I understand, like, I get everyone's, like, battle internally or or externally, you know. But there's plenty of bands with, like, females that you can look up to and love. And they're f***ing awesome. There's plenty of, like, bands with, like, people of color. There's plenty of, like all these bands that you can look up to, like, to where if you are, like, if you are a female and you want to play in a band, there's a million f- good bands to, like, look at, and there's a million, like, good things. But then for me, it's, like, who, especially a front man, though. And the front man, like, you're always told her the front person is supposed to be, like, good-looking and, and in shape and in, like, this and that, and it's, like, supposed to be, like, kind of the face of it, you know? And so it's, like, it's easier for me to feel comfortable in, like, a hardcore band or in, like, a really weird punk band and just be screaming my head off or just spitting all over myself or doing something rather than to be, like, I'm going to sing you this very beautiful song, you know? Because there isn't. There isn't an example, and I haven't really ever seen one. And so it is hard. It was hard. And, it like, I mean... We've been doing this, like, long enough now. It's going on, like, five years with basically the same crew, so I feel comfortable, and, like, more and more we're getting to just be, like, who cares and, like, not overthink things a lot and do a lot of shit as a, as a band. But before that, it was hard. Just, like, no no examples. And then it's also hard to be, like, the person now that is, like, an example because it's, like, I I don't know. I, until the last like year or two, I've never even like really talked to someone else with cerebral palsy because I've just never. There's not that many of us, you know. So it's not like you're like going to school like, oh, yo, what's up? Like you have it too. Like what do you, you know? Like oh, that's crazy. And like, or, and there's no real, there's no real perks. I mean, other than like a handicap placard, and we get to park. Do you have some one? Other, yeah, hell yeah, I have yeah, one. It's great on tour. It's great. Park where we want. It's wonderful. <laughs> and you don't have to pay for a meter, but you like, and, meter. and that's like, and totally like me and Barbara and my girlfriend will be like, you know, go park somewhere, like looking for a parking spot, and there'll be like a handicapped spot, and they'll be like, yeah, perks, you know, yeah. but like, other Even than that. the airport, we get to jump the line. Every once in a while. Sometimes. Every <laughs> once in a while. Like, there's a bunch of times where they don't, and I'm like, you're, you're a, a hole. <laughs> But, but, but then, so it's like, it's weird to talk about with anyone really, because there's not, there's not anything that's like, there's not anything positive about it. It's like, 
it's like the only the a lot of like the the things I see people standing up for is like I mentioned before, like women or people of color or or your sexual orientation and stuff. And that's all that's badass. It's like I'm gay. Hell yeah. You know, like that's fucking cool. And then but for it's like oh you have cerebral palsy. It's like hell yeah. You know, it's like no, no. That's fucking sucks. But and there's nothing, nothing that can be done to make it better. The conditions. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, I could do physical therapy. You know, I could be doing things to like help it. But then now we're on the road all the time, and there's no. Is it a painful condition? Yeah, I mean, it's like all the muscles on the right side of my body are like tight. And my brain, it's like my brain telling my, the right side of my body to do something, it's like slower, you know? Like, so it's like the left side. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, he's moving his I'm hands. moving my hands <laughs> to like show the difference. But it, it but. But I'll, I'll say something and I don't know, you, maybe if you've heard this before, maybe you haven't, or maybe it's embarrassing, but I'm just going to say, because I think it's worth saying that I actually think that what you're doing is incredibly important. It's a big deal. That's why I want my son to meet you, because I think it's a really big deal that you can... I think this band is going to get really big. That's the kiss of death, by the way. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. <laughs> I, once, Dan. I once predicted uh, to my... My brother still teases me. My little brother, I dragged him in front of the TV one day and pointed out some random band. He still remembers the name, Platinum Blonde. And I was like, watch this band. They're going to be big. And I was like, Ted seven or whatever and they of course did not become bid so i hope i wish upon you everything that platinum blonde did not achieve um, <laughs> it seem that a lot of your decisions have led you to a lot of great things oh, thank you either, i appreciate you know, that so. thank you uh i think i think i mean you, you guys are incredible and i think that the f- having it never even crossed my mind that just what you said of course we need bands with all sorts of people who are celebrated for who they are and what they can do. And we've never had anybody with a disability. And again, I loved you even before before I knew that. Um, but it is it strikes me as immediately and obviously incredibly important. Yeah. I mean, because it is. And it's shit that pisses me off. And not for, like, the negative way. But there's so many, like, you know, there'll be, like, a Coachella or, like, a festival. And then someone will do, like, the... Look at how many females are in the bands that are playing. You know, it's like, and the numbers are like crazy. And it's like, name one, name one person of one festival that's not us now. You know, like one, one, there one. There is I mean, there is the drummer for Def Leppard. There, that's, yeah, that, that's what one, it is. He's not playing Coachella. No. You know, like <laughs> what I mean? Like they should be on every festival to even out the ratio of everything. Or like. We've even, like, even on the Joyce Manor Waves tour thing, there was, like, this... Cons- those are two other bands they toured with. I'm just because our audience, they, my, many of my okay. audience won't We know did this bands. tour with a I band like called Joyce Manor and Waves. And we were going to be on the tour, but then there was, like, this this thing that was, like, well, we're afraid of, like, it being, like, too all-male. And so we might need to, like, do something. And it was, like, again, like, wait... Uh, Okay, so we can't be on it because we're all men, but then I'm not, like, advocating anything. And then even when the tour got, like, announced, there was other people being like, 
like this other band there's like this other band that I won't name but when I see them in person I'm going to f***ing call them out <laughs> on all this but it was like oh yeah well this tour is like all males but like if you look like look at these tours that are all just like taking away from like what actually we're doing and the fact of like getting in a van riding in a van like Every venue that we play has nothing but stairs. Like, getting on the stage is just stairs. And a lot of times they don't even have stairs. Yeah. You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like Nothing's like... you have to pull like, them up? You, you yeah. You gotta help them up. Help, like, I mean, on stage with, with nothing. It's just a stage up against, the, like, the back of the venue, and there's just nothing there. And just like, for the record, let me just have you, because just say your name, just so people can recognize the voice. I'm John. John. A.K.A. Junebug. Yeah, we call him Junebug. Guitar sure. player. Guitar player guitar yeah yes, noise maker yes. and the person who's dropping noise. the a bombs on this, uh-huh. on this with cursor yeah. yes cursor in chief <laughs> um but so sometimes you just can't physically get on the stage yeah without, i mean because yeah. the stage will be like we gotta build stairs sometimes for him like we'll take like road cases and put them there so he can like use those I, I mean it won't the stage it doesn't even need to be it doesn't need to be that high to be too high for me i mean and it's shit that only people with disabilities i feel like would understand kind of in a way or unless you've like broke your leg or it's something it's like it's like anxiety it gives me anxiety just knowing that i'm gonna have to like get up on a stage that i can't get up on it gives me anxiety while i'm on stage knowing that i'm gonna have to like get off like we're gonna have to play a show and then like do this thing and then everyone's gonna have to like literally watch me like crawl off this stage but then like bands will be on tour and be like there's no multi-gender bathroom in this venue and stuff. And it's like, it's not handicapped accessible at all. And literally, like, if I threw a fit or if handicapped people of the world threw a fit, half of the, like, more than half of the venues would be shut down. Would be shut down. But I love music, you know, so it's like, I just want somewhere to play. Do you get anxiety about what people are going to think of you? Yeah. A lot. Because I would imagine people who like your band show up to a show and are not expecting to see somebody. Some people don't get it either. Like, they just, they don't know that he has that condition and they just think he's, like, wasted. We get a lot of tweets all the time. It's like, I saw Culture Beast, but the singer's wasted. He couldn't even stand up straight. Yeah, and it's like, that's not what's going on here. And then, but then sometimes they will, I'll just, like, and it will, kind of going back to, like, what we were talking about, is just, like, I will get wasted. Just to be like, well, you think that I'm a freak? I'm gonna act like a freak, mm. you know. And, and and even like, I mean, the smallest things. And it sounds so silly, and I never like really want to like admit it really ever. But it's like, even just like meeting people, or like you know, someone likes our band, and then so we like go to meet them. And I don't want to like let anyone down ever. Part of you what? think, okay, I, I this guy, this ABC News loser liked my band and you know we show up and but maybe i hadn't done any research and i would be somehow disappointed when i saw you is that no, no, the type no, of thing i figured like someone like you could just exploit it you know like more. <laughs> <laughs> wait i was like is, is that a joke <laughs> <laughs> no i mean but now you know like i no no not like that like more like the the cool dude you know because like that's the thing and i've talked about it before it's like i feel like it's a good um, like people tester, you know, it's like, 
I know when I make someone feel uncomfortable. And it's usually the people that are insecure with themselves are the ones that obviously feel, like, uncomfortable around me. It's like a litmus test. Yeah, kind of, like, because it is, like, the the one that's, like, you know, like, the person that's, like, the most puffed up, kind of, like, you know how, I, I mean, growing up, you learn these things. Everyone does, like, kind of, like, it's, like, the louder you yell, the less you have something to say, mm-hmm. you know? It's, like, it's like a lot of times, like, those people are the ones that are, like, oh, uh, I'm, like, kind of, you know, it's, like, I mean, now now our band's getting bigger, so it, like, doesn't really... They can't say anything to you now. It, right. Right. <laughs> or, like, they'll be like, yo, dude. And you're like, no, I know. I Like, that's the other thing that's crazy is there's, like, a million people that it's like, you you didn't give a fuck about me. You didn't care. Like, you, I don't know. And then now, oh, I see. Like, now people, that the like, band's, like, bigger, then it's like, dude, you're, you've been my dog. Like, my whole, you know, like, and you're like, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that's probably for, ev- that's yeah, for everyone, not even. Okay, wait, not say even. your name now. Uh, Shane. Shane. Stainer. A.K.A. Bass. Sean. He plays bass. <laughs> A.K.A. Shambles. A.K.A. Stain. 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 Living in Shambles. He's got a lot of nicknames. We changed his name. We, <laughs> yeah. we actually... I, just call him by a different name. They usually all start with S. Yeah. Just so. And it just sticks. For I can imagine where, 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 where that gives you a lot of possibilities. There's a lot, yeah. And yeah, he's and called so. himself, he's even <laughs> introduced himself, <laughs> introduced himself, introduced himself in the wrong yeah. name because yeah. we've called him the wrong name for so long. So you're saying people come out of the woodwork now? Oh, yeah. Kind of going back to what you were saying, like this dude who plays in a, like a, a metal band in SF and is kind of in that scene came up and was like yo dude like i was working at a bar and your band came on and this dude who i was working with only plays like pop punk you know and he's like i hate everything that he plays and then your music came on and i was like holy shit like i actually enjoyed this like this is good but he was like i like it because you guys like are you like because i like he knows that like you know i live in a green room at the bar i work at like because we all struggle yeah like you know, <laughs> we all kind of struggle Wait, to like get here so you yeah. live in the gr- in green room meaning in other words this is a bar the green room where where performers go to yes unwind before they go on yes. you live in that i live mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. that speaks to a level of real struggle in order to do what you're doing yeah but you know it's kind of weird to hear like from someone who like didn't really wouldn't have fucked with our band or like really given it you know he was like kind of one of those like sf cool guys you know sf for him, cool the, guys meaning san francisco like, cool guys yeah, yes yes, yes. <laughs> for people uh, over 30 for those who don't know the slang <laughs> and he was like going on about how much he liked the record but really his main focus was because he, like, knew me. Or, you know, or, like, knew that, like, we're selling out, maybe, like, in, as he said it, like, we're, you guys are selling out, but you're, like, still cool. And it's, like, this ethos in San Francisco, like, what Dave was talking about, like, it's, like, the more you struggle as an artist, the more respect you get there, you know? And the, if you create something and you're, like, well off, it's, like, oh, well, you're... It's, like, not worth it. But then a million people, like, a million people, like, that are well off will claim. I mean, we were talking about this. There's, like, one man that's, like, talking about the struggles of San Francisco, and we know that they, like, 
live with their girlfriend rent free, and then let Shane's yeah. living in a green room of the bar just so we can like go on tour whenever we can and make whatever we can. You have a major label record deal, and you're living in the green room of a bar. Yeah, but it's just, uh, well, it's just starting it's, out. It's, it's and only it's the first not, record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's only Shane. So. Oh, right. Fair enough. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only me. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, it's it's strange that a lot of people think that. They're like, they're like, oh, but you guys are signed. Like, how, like well, I don't have, I never have money to do anything. And like, I can't, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're broke. And like, you know, people are like, but you guys are signed. And it's like, yeah, but they don't, they're not like. Giving I mean, us yeah. money, yeah, like at this stage, the record's all the only been out for a month yeah. so yeah. far. That's so not it's how like it works. Everything, oh, there will be a day, you know, like hopefully soon. It's like, oh my god, like I mean, even yeah. I mean, we came more here more hoping th- there was going to be catering so we could eat today. The only reason. Yeah. Let me just a few more questions based on that article I had read about you. You, you, I mean, you talked about some of the. I think it was your term, like self hatred, that came about from yeah. from having this condition you even went so far your girlfriend's in the room you said something like you've even had moments of like did i get this beautiful woman because uh, the band's a hit and it's despite or you know like overlooking this disability yeah that's the level of insecurity it can yeah create. i mean because like i mean we talk about we talk about like bands and bands with dis like disabilities or how it's like what What's name a movie where the main character who everyone thinks is f-ing cool and gets all the girls is disabled? You know, does that make sense? Yeah, so like, it's hard to project so yourself like, into a heroic So even growing situation. up in another and not even like heroic, like even just like in like cool. what's what's one what's one movie where there's a disabled person in it and he everyone like he's cool or he saves the day or he or I don't know. He you know like in a way it's like you grow up like not but then going back to like if you're a female like there's plenty of movies to like you know watch where you can feel empowered and you can feel like relate to someone i mean like i mean growing up everyone would like make forrest gump jokes at me you know so you get bullied here and there i kind joking or or? no i mean well a, a lot of people will kind joke with me you know, when I was, like, younger, I was, like, ha, ah, you know, like, uh, like, a little more insecure. I would, like, let it slide. And now more and more it's kind of, like, okay, that's not not funny. And I'll, it's one of those things, like, where I'll joke around about things sometimes. And then people think that they can just, like, joke around about it. And it's, like, you, no, you can't say that. You know, like, totally one of those situations. But, but yeah, going back to, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, there was nothing, nothing, nothing in my life ever that showed me that there was success for growing up with the condition and the the life that I had. Was there something about your life beyond the condition that was challenging? Uh I grew up I grew up like outside of Yosemite, like out of dirt road in a, like a literally like a one bedroom cabin, like that's probably it's not even as big as this whole room. This room we're in is reasonably big, but this, not huge. But one room. I slept on the couch till I was 19 years old. And, like, my parents' bed was probably, like, and not even that far away. Yeah. And they're still together. And they rule in there. It's, like, so supportive. So but a we loving didn't family. Have, loving family, but we didn't have, like, any money. I mean, we couldn't get cable. They still don't have internet. They're 
just my parents don't know what YouTube is or Netflix or dude or, watching his mom try and FaceTime him the other day was brutal. Uh-huh. She got she a, had no she got an like, iPad. It was like the classic like mom you gotta you're too close <laughs> like yeah flip the camera a like, in the just, corner. <laughs> but yeah, it was probably not even like half like smaller than half of this room, and it's just like a like a log cabin and then. My parents got, like, a Volkswagen bus, and every day after school, I would just go sit in the Volkswagen bus and, like, play acoustic guitar. It paid off, man. Yeah. Or it is paying off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm, no. I mean, in terms of... <laughs> it's paying off for, in my benefit, because I have great music to listen to. I don't know if it's actually literally paying off for you in terms of economics, oh. but... Um, I mean, the check's, the check's in the mail. I hope. I hope. I have them wire deposit that thing. <laughs> Much more of our conversation right after this quick break. You can count on T-Mobile to help keep you connected after investing billions to light up their network from big cities to small towns. T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, when you switch to T-Mobile, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus Verizon and AT&T. Visit your neighborhood store or T-Mobile.com to switch. Plan savings with T-Mobile. Third line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. Audible lets you enjoy all your audio entertainment in one app. You will always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. They offer an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre. From bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, mysteries and thrillers, motivation, wellness, business and more. What I've been checking out recently is called Our Share of Night. It's technically, I guess, a horror, but it's definitely literature. I mean, it's incredibly well written, absolutely fascinating. And it really does rhyme with some of the themes that we explore uh, on this show. I highly recommend it, although I'm only uh, through the, the first 15, 20% of it, but already I highly recommend it. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 10% or text 10% to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 10% or text 10% to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 10%. Brought to you by Indeed. Used by over 3 million businesses for hiring. Where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions. Then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. There's a lot coming at you right now. Turmoil, tweets, an insane amount of chatter. I'm Brad Milkey with ABC News, and I am here to throw you a lifeline. It's a new podcast called Start Here, where our experts give you on-the-ground access to the biggest stories of the day. We're going to give you some context, some clarity among the chaos. 20 minutes every weekday. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and start here. So the song that my son's obsessed with is Be Kind to the Bugs. Although he calls it Be Kind to the Bees. And he's not wrong about that because those are literally the first words of the song. Um, it's a, it's rare to hear a song on a record like this uh, that appears to be about kindness to yourself and others. K- 
Can you is am I misreading uh, the meaning of the song? Can you just walk me through what you're trying to say on that song? I I don't know. I feel like a lot of the songs are just like a lot of the songs like are like slightly negative and slightly positive. It's kind of like the lyrics or the emotion is like kind of how you thought processing a lot of things, you know? So it's it's literally like I don't know. In the the, I read Siddhartha, like or the Herman Hesse book, you know. And I know that a lot of people have read it years before, or like in high school or something. But like I read it, and it was kind of like about you know, like the less you have, like the more. It's like almost a, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but oh, meaning that it's it's kind of an argument. I haven't read the book in about ten years. I I read it as a grown up, but it was a while ago. But maybe the message was something along the lines of having too much, which we think is going to make us happy, actually doesn't make us happy. Yeah, I mean, and and he, you know, he like goes through and he he's like a Buddhist and is trying to search for enlightenment and goes like without anything for so long, and then he like goes into town and he meets meets a woman and the woman wants someone with money and stuff and he can like save up his money because he never had money so then he doesn't have to he doesn't spend it because he never had you know like it's like all the things like you can acquire like the less you have and the more you're okay with it then like the more you can accomplish because you never really had anything and it's also in the same sense of like being like the less you expect like the you know, like you're not, you're never let down if you expect nothing. I don't know. We we were like, everyone's talking about like the the bees crisis and how something like so small can like affect the whole universe. And so it was just kind of like talking about like originally the words were be kind to of the bees, be kind to of the bugs, be cautious of people, be careful with drugs because it was still like I, I'm not saying that you have to like just be you still need to like watch out for people because like you know but that's a very different message than the can you say the current lyric well and then brett gurwitz the owner of of epitaph was like no you need to you need to change it to conscious of people because you say be cautious of people be careful with drugs that's the same thing cautious and careful is the same thing and i was like yeah no but that's not what i'm trying to like say but he did like and i I am, I feel like an advocator of being conscious, trying to be conscious of a lot of, of people. But so the first verse actually says, be conscious of people. And the second one says, cautious. Oh, really? Because I kept it the same, you know, just to kind of have my own like little, like, ha, it's still Give it in to there. The man. You know? Like, I should yeah. say Epitaph is the, is the record label. Um, but, Greatest record label in the world. Of course. Uh, <laughs> that goes without millions. saying. Yes, these guys are rolling in it. Thank you, Epitaph. <laughs> uh, covered so, in jewels. But, so it really wasn't initially a song about kindness to other humans. It was more like be nice to animals. But but, but kind of like take care of yourself. Uh-huh. Like be just aware of your surroundings. But then also like – and then the chorus is kind of like – like I mean – we were living, like, just bouncing around kind of in the Bay Area, and there was that one point where where I had was in the middle of a move and, like, took everything, like, opened up a storage unit, put, like, a lot of stuff in the storage unit, and then took, like, every single piece of clothing that I had, every, like, every camera, every, like, all, all my shit that I loved, I put it in my car and, like, had it, and, like, I 
didn't have anywhere to stay. I was like crashing on someone's couch, and I don't really know why I did it or why I do a lot of stupid things. But then my car got broken into that night, and it they stole every every piece of clothes that I had except the ones that were on my back. They stole like every camera I had, everything, every photo, every like every like possession that you cared for. It, they stole it, you know, and so it was like, it kind of like crushed me and it kind of like changed my whole like outlook on the world, like kind of put me in like a depression too because I didn't have like anything, I wasn't living anywhere. But then kind of coming through it on the other side, it's like now it's like we'll purge all the time, like you know, like me yeah. and Barbara, like we'll be in my room and like I'll just like, like I don't need this, and one of my friends. Barbara's your girlfriend. Barbara's my girlfriend. And we'll totally do these things like a purging. You know, like we call it and it's just like – because now it's like you can go without anything and be fine. You know, for the most – for the most part. Having somewhere – movie about this on Netflix. Minimalism. Yeah. I'm in that movie actually. Uh, Does it bring joy to my life, right? That's basically the question that you asked. But wait, wait, let me just say who you – this is a new voice. Yeah, hello. I'm Ross. Ross is (laughs) the the drummer. By the way, you're a really good drummer. This is the only instrument I know how to play, and uh, you are really good. Hey, all right. Were you on both records? Yes. Because the style changed a little bit between the first and second record. Your style. Definitely, yeah. We were working – This is a crazy uh, uh, digression here. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Just working with – you know some different people on the on Bay Dream, the newer album um just like having different ideas come in you know and trying to not necessarily necessarily steer it and like a i don't know it it was more like it felt there was parts that were on the first record i mean it was awesome but i felt like you were showing your chops in a way yeah, that the on first the second one record was just like back. explosive yes bombastic like go nuts and just like fill every two seconds and just be like crazy you know play as heavy and as hard as i could and then the next one was more like we had some help with someone being like let's maybe like not do like a crazy fill every you know five seconds and like be more thoughtful on where we put these parts and it definitely like kind of tamed it down a little bit but i think it served the song in a good way so it was our first time working with like a producer too so the first record was just you just us just and then us, yeah, then yeah and a friend and a friend recording it so like dave basically produced it yeah but like this guy's like you know he that's what he does for a living yeah producing. so he was some crazy acts so yeah but it was it was kind of like like this thing of like you know you're like we're a fucking punk and you fucking bash the shit out of it and you yeah. go and then like kind of where we talked about at the beginning is like growing as a musician it's like you listen to the ramones they're not even necessarily like just bashing the hell like you listen to the ramones and you want to like you know, you get, at least me, like, I get fired up, and you want to, like, you know, you feel, like, the energy that you feel from punk, but he's not screaming, he's not bashing the drums, you know, so it's, like, if we were doing a song, like, Be Kind of the Bugs, and Ross is, like, you know, it's, like, that that doesn't really, you know, so it's kind of, like, more trying to play to the actual song Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than, like, before it was, like, still trying to, like, was afraid of taking the actual step of just being, like, fuck it. And we're still trying to, like, make a make a crazy punk record, you know? And, like, thinking about, like, I want kids to mosh, you know, still. Or, this is like, moshable music. It's just, it's just 
catchy. Yeah, just yeah. To make People it more like in the, last night. in the pocket, I guess you know, like this drummer Hal Blaine is like part of the, the Wrecking Crew, and he's like one of my favorite drummers, and it's just he recorded on like all that Phil Spector stuff, Wall of Sound, you know, like and uh, like just like thousands of like hit songs, you know, and just like like a very pocket drummer, and just. Define in the pocket for folks. I guess it's just like capturing more of a, a vibe rather than like, yeah, like Dave was saying, just trying to like just show your your chops or whatever, or just like be like, this is how good I am, or you know, it's like I don't know. How would you guys describe play pocket? Like, I guess like playing more like reserved instead of just doing as much as you can all the time, you know, and yeah, not so it, showy, little smart kind of. Well, and in the pocket, it's like to me like. Kind of when you do anything, like, creatively and you feel, like, in tune with it all. You know? It's, like, kind of, like, we tracked the... We also tracked the drums last. We recorded. When we, or when, we yeah. record, when we recorded, we did some scratch drums. I mean, we actually, like, looked up, did our research, and, like, one of the big things for the new record was, like, I kind of wanted to go for, like, a Sly and the Family Stone feel or, like, Paul Simon feel. We like, that is not what came to mind when I was listening to it. Because <laughs> to me, it sounds like catchy. I hear notes of Strokes, Nirvana, maybe a little Pixies, maybe a little Hold Steady. Hold yeah. Steady, what up? Hold Craig Finn. Finn. He was there last night. Craig, yeah, the singer is our boy. He's fantastic. He's the best. Yes. We're playing a show with them coming up soon. Really? Here in New York? All right. So I usually do this first, but let's do it last. Um Meditation. Any experience with meditation? Yeah, I mean, not not as much as I should. We but, have people of all levels of experience who don't get sheepish. But here. there, but there's this uh, there's this thing called against the stream. Oh yeah, I know against the stream. And and it was pretty close to like where where we were living in San Francisco. And can, you, can you just define it for folks? Tell people what it is. It's this dude who wrote the book. The Dharma Punks. Dharma Punks. So it's Adam Levine, what's, is that his name? No, what's his name? Noah. Noah Levine, right. He is. He wrote a book called Dharma Punks, and he started basically, which is like a kind of a lineage, a, a school of, a kind of a modern school of Buddhism, which is focused on people kind of in the punk rock community and recovery. Um, and one of the teachers is based in L.A. now, uh, mm-hmm. Joanna Harper, who's been on this podcast and is part, one of the teachers on the 10% Happier app as well. So I'm definitely familiar with their work. They do great stuff. So one of their outposts is, was close to where you were living in San Francisco? Yeah, in San Francisco and in L.A. too. I've been down there. And it's pretty cool because they do, like, guided meditations. But it's also, like, some, like, tattooed punk dude who's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm just, like, f***ing think about, like, in my head. You know, like, <laughs> where you're, like, it doesn't f- – you can kind of, like, relate and you can kind of, like, let let your guard down when you feel, like, a little bit more comfortable, you know? Because and, you're not surrounded by aging hippies or robe gurus or yeah, whatever. Or someone that's, like, like – yeah, if you feel – if you feel like judged or you feel like you're just stinking up the place, you know, like you might you might be a little more reserved, but so and then one of our friends too who's who's a director who lives in New York City too, his name's Rob Susi and he he really meditates like every morning like we did a couple of road trips where he like drove across across the United States like in a car helping our friend move and like I'd wake up wherever we were, like, in the morning, and he'd be, like, 7 in the morning, like, against the wall, like, actually meditating, you know? And it was, like, he kind of, like, 
there was a few people in my life that that made me feel like it was like okay and cool and helped to understand it's like it's like of course of course to like take time in your life to like just stop for a second you know especially like if you're living in new york city or living in san francisco or we're living in la it's like there's something all the f-ing time you know like growing up where i grew up it's like it's quiet as like out by yosemite you know so it's like even if you're not meditating you are kind of because you can just actually sit there we didn't have like cable or internet or anything so you are just like at times just there like with yourself or with nothing you know but then now it's like yeah i understand the importance of it but have you made it a regular practice in any way no no but you do get yourself together to go once in a while it sounds like yeah or try and it it, it's kind of like one of those it's a fucked up thing with doing what we do because it's like you're always like, okay, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, and then there's all this shit that we do nonstop. Like we were in Europe last week, and then the day that we got back, we had to drive down to L.A. and play some secret show for a bunch of like music supervisors, and then the next week after that, we flew out to here, and then the next week we're like doing this, and then the week after that we're like do this, and yeah, so it's like you awesome. make all these plans or these like ideas or things that you need to do, whether it's like meditation or physical therapy or something, and then before you know it, it's been a year and we've just been like gone. I but, think you got to yeah. give yourself a break. I mean, you're riding something here; you got to just see it through. Right. Although that, I would say meditation is more portable and easier to do on the road than physical right. therapy, probably. A friend of mine recommended Headspace when I was Headspace on tour. Headspace is great. Um, I'm partial to 10% happier as an app, but uh, <laughs> so can Headspace we get is great. That? Does that cost money, 10% uh, happier? Not for you, it won't cost hey! money. Hey! subscription. That's great. Uh, I feel like Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> you get a car. <laughs> So what, 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 if anything, like, why is it attractive to you? I mean, you talked a little bit about this, but what, if anything, did it do for you on the times where you have done it? What, what about it speaks to you other than the fact that in this and, and against the stream, they have tats? Uh, <laughs> I mean, just like, I mean, growing up, one, growing up where I did grow up, it's like, it's like I'm used to like, I don't know, I need like some time here and there to just like I mean everyone do, everyone does of course but and then just to like kind of I don't know it's like it's like re- everyone needs sleep you know like everyone needs some like time I mean you gotta we, we're besieged all the time with information all the time you're moving around and the brain needs to you need to teach it how to focus you need to t- teach it how to um not be distracted, which is another thing you sing about and be kind to of the bugs. Um, so, yeah, it's important to do it just the same way you got to work on your body. Does anybody else here have an interest in it? You, you were talking about Headspace. Just, yeah, a this friend is, this is on Ross. the last tour recommended um, Headspace, and I downloaded the app. I think we were in Seattle and just did like a three-minute or five-minute yeah. exercise to start. Just at a cafe I just kind of like walked to and... Um, it was crazy because I didn't really know what to expect, but it actually, like, I don't know, it had this sort of, like, zen feeling come over me, which is kind of sort of cheesy to say. I don't know. But when you, when, I wasn't, like... When you say zen feeling, what do you mean by that specifically? I don't know. Just, like, the way, the breathing exercises, like, it's hard to describe because 
something that I've never done or, you know, it's like... Did you keep up with it? I did a little bit. Yeah, like on tour, I definitely noticed after the first one that it, there was like a noticeable difference. And uh, I almost kind of was so relaxed that I fell asleep for a little bit in that cafe or like kind of just like sort of lost track of time for a second and had to get back to the venue or whatever. But then like... I w- and then we're probably like, what the f*** Get over here. Get over here right now. Yeah. But then... Can, yeah, David, know, can like, David be a diva? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we can all be divas. <laughs> Group diva. Hive diva. Yeah. You want to see? Uh, <laughs> man, I want some more rock and roll behavior over here. So yeah, I would try to get away, you know, and like... Just like touring is just such like a mental... You gotta like give yourself some space alone, and just like personally, I, I, you know, I like just like going on walks or whatever, like getting lost and having that time alone. So like to add that to it, I think helped a lot. And then I tried to start it. So I, I did it a few more times on tour, but it's just like hard in the van, especially as related to. I tried to do it in a van once, and it was just like I couldn't get comfortable. You know, you really need to like you're just you're kind of like on this a bench seat that's just not comfortable at all or like the floor or wherever you're, you're sleeping you actually sleep in the van yeah definitely yeah that's is where it, i get most of my sleep this uh, your your, see, I, I your baseline a is a green room is yeah it? you don't have yeah. a driver's license i don't license. have a driver's license well see my my parents like dipped out on me when i was 16 what does so, that like, mean Dip, like they like left like pretty b- much both like, of your parents well my mom Moved across the the country from Santa Rosa to, like, somewhere in Philadelphia. I don't even know really where she went. And then my dad's, like, he kind of – he was living in an RV. He couldn't really, like, take care of me and my sister. So, like, never had a car. Like, never really – you know, I've been homeless pretty much since 16. Like, kind of living places for, like, months at a time before me and my head friends got evicted or, like, you know. But – I guess, like, I was having this experience that I was at work, and it was just when I moved into the green room. And I had a co- I was, like, freaking out over something. And I was, like, having a really hard time. And my coworker was like, give me your phone. Give me your headphones. Like, give me anything that will distract you and go sit up there with the lights off. And I will tell you when to come down. And she, like, locked me in this room with nothing. And... I think that was, like, my first experience with, like, actually slowing down and, like, kind of, like, thinking about, like, all the things that have happened and, like, how I get to the point where I almost feel like I'm going to have a panic attack, you know? Mm-hmm. And and then that's something now that I tried to do. I don't do it regularly, you know, because I just usually don't have a dark space to sit in alone, <laughs> you know? You don't because need that, by the way. Yeah, you don't. You don't. I don't think I have the—I haven't gotten to the place where I can create that box, you know? We should talk about that because, actually, I think one of the biggest obstacles to meditation— first of all, what happened to you with your parents is terrible, so I just want to acknowledge that. That sucks. But the se- the second thing is that I think one of the natural so I'm, this is not a criticism one of the natural obstacles that people have to me- meditation is that we think we need to reach some special state of calm or zen or imperturbability mm-hmm. but actually really what meditation is about is being okay with whatever's there mm-hmm. the point is not to be unnaturally or bulletproof imperturbability or whatever the point is actually to be able to surf the chaos instead of drowning it yeah and so you can do meditation on an uncomfortable chair you can do meditation 
in a smelly van, wherever, really all it is is paying close attention to whatever's happening without getting yanked around by it. So yeah. usually we start with your breath. You feel what your breath feels like coming in and going out. And then when you get distracted, you start again and again and again. And that may not feel like being in a dark room where things are really calm. Mm-hmm. What it may feel like is, wow, my mind is insane. Yeah. But seeing the insanity allows you not to be owned by totally. it. Totally. And that is the game. Yeah. That's the game. And I think, I mean, I think I try not to be too much of a proselytizer, but it sounds like it could be useful since you're already gravitating toward it naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Or just having people see, like, if you, if you kind of just, because I feel like one of the things, like Dave says, like, it, we just haven't stopped since we've started this. And there's so many things that happen that I feel like I don't have time to really look at and be like, okay, that happened, you know, or like, it's just kind of like, okay, that happened, put it into the back of my mind. And then because everything else is just happening just as fast. So I think that is like, that is a a practice that I think would be useful for me to actually look back and like, be okay with the things that have happened instead of just like, oh, I'm not going to think about it, you know? Yeah, because you know what? Even if, even if you tell yourself you're not thinking about it, it's there. It's there, and exactly. it's acting on you blindly. Exactly. Yeah, it's driving you in a blind way. So it's like you know, I mean, there are lots of modalities. Meditation is not a miracle. I'm for all of them. You know, the medication, therapy, this? physical exercise. Mm-hmm. Like there are a bunch of ways to get at the pain of the human condition. Can you describe like your typical like practice for like? Just in every day. Yeah. So for me, it's basically sit in a reasonably quiet place. But if it's not that quiet, I actually will just pipe a little white noise into my headphones Mm -hmm. and close my eyes. And or if like I'm in an airport and I don't want to sit there and be obviously meditating, I can just have my headphones in and kind of gaze softly at a neutral spot on the ground. And then all you're doing is bringing your full attention to the feeling of your breath coming in and going out. So you just you're not actually thinking about your breath. You're just acknowledging it feeling it you're feeling the raw data of the rising and falling of your belly or the air coming in and out of your nose and then you will very quickly get violently distracted over and over and over and by random thoughts by powerful emotions by whatever and that's actually part of the game it's not a failure the moment you see that you become distracted is the moment you are meditating correctly because the game is to see over and over and over how wild the mind is so that that wildness doesn't drive you all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a, a process of getting familiar with your actual life um, because most of the time, most of the things we do that are most embarrassing or most negative are when we're owned by our ego. The ego has you, you know, like eating stuff you don't need to eat or taking drugs you don't need to take or saying things in a relationship that are more toxic than you need to say. And actually, you with meditation, with more self-awareness, with more familiarity of the, with your own mind, you can kind of see the storm coming before it fully hits, makes landfall and you're, you're done. You're off and running. You're, you know, seven paragraphs deep into a argument with your significant other that you didn't need to have. So it's not foolproof. I mean, I make really dumb mistakes all the time i just i think i make fewer of them than i used to and that's largely just because i can kind of see oh i'm getting angry before whereas the anger would hit and i was off 
Right. Yeah. Does that make any totally, sense? Yeah. 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 One of the guys that uh, that this is David the, talking against just, the stream. Yeah. This is David. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that the, against the stream spot said some one time. He was like, "I just imagine like taking a sponge and just like scrubbing my brain, and like I like, and I, that was like one that was like I really liked. And I like imagine like even just scrubbing all the little like little nooks and crannies of your like little little mushy brain. And the thing about cleaning anything." Is you're going to get in touch with some pretty ugly stuff. Yeah. And that that's okay. Like, I think a lot of people get in touch with that ugly stuff. or Even if it's just completely mundane, you know, thinking about what's for lunch. People see that happening and think, I think it was you who said at the beginning, you before we started rolling, you said you tried meditation once and it failed. Was it you? Or yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, say your name uh, again. I'm Nick. Nick has not spoken yet. Nick yeah. is <laughs> meditating over there. Um, <laughs> trying to. The, the, trying. The, the, Nick's a 10% happier <laughs> app. That's right. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I feel like he, David should have Plug. smiled and there would be a little, like, little glint off of his teeth. Yeah. Uh, people have this moment where they see, oh, my God, I'm thinking about all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I can't do this, but that is doing it. Yeah, that's the reframing. That's basically the foundation of this company is me just saying that over and over again because meditation has a huge PR problem, which is people think they can't do it. But actually, the thing, the moment when people are thinking they can't do it is the moment they have done it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like even like coming into touch with like some of that like like weird like I don't know I get like super scatterbrained all the time and I'm just like my mind's in a million places at once. But even just like trying to like. Yeah, just take a second to, like, calm down. And, like, when you hear those things, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's weird. And, like, you know, just, like, looking at it differently, I guess. Absolutely. But yeah. but the, what you described is your mind's all over the place. Yeah. That is a symptom of being a human being. Yeah. That is, that is just nothing more than that. We yeah. may – there are there – are, there's a spectrum. Some people have wilder minds for a variety of internal or external reasons. But, like, that – we descended from nervous monkeys – yeah. who were always looking out for threats or food. Yeah. And that's just the m- mind we have. Like, yeah. And so I, no point getting nervous think about, about it. <laughs> threats or food. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is this going to hurt me? Or, <laughs> or can I eat it? Junebug. Junebug looks like he's in... Med- let's, let's finish with you. Have you been done any meditating? Or? Uh, I've never... <laughs> been to a class or anything like that but there's definitely been times where i've been so incredibly stressed out in life because life is crazy as shit and on the point of having a panic attack or whatever just like my mind is doing a million things and i'll just go outside and just sit there and just close my eyes and just i guess yeah just kind of pay more attention to my breathing than anything that's going on around me that's it and it helps yeah and i'll just do it for like i don't you know yeah, like five you minutes or something. I'll, you know, I'd listen to like the traffic or whatever. And yeah, that's like sometimes life is just so shitty that you have to not work. You know, there's nothing I can do about some of the problems that I have. So it's like I'll just shut everything off in my, my head and just focus on what's happening today, right now. So, what we're going to, what the, well, hopefully, if you use the app, which will be free for you, uh, what we're what we'll teach you is just like a slightly minorly, if that's even a word, enhanced version of what you're already doing. Hmm. Just a little bit more like disciplined version of that. That's 
cool it's a cool thing to reiterate too that that you can do meditation wherever because i feel like that's like a lot of us have the same it's like oh i don't have a space i mean especially because we're like the only time that we're away from each other is like when we're taking a and even like when (laughs) when they're taking a we know that they're taking a you know but but so it's like that's that's a thing for us to like our whole lives like pretty much you know because everyone's like no one, no one lived in a mansion. No one, like, ha- you know, ever like had their own like little space. I think ever, yeah. but so just to like also teach yourself that you could just be okay in the world and and do it anywhere in an uncomfortable chair, you know, or like uh, yeah. you so guys, you guys are uh, you don't need to tell yourselves the story that you need the right conditions because yeah. there. You, they're almost certainly not going to come. Yeah, so and you even like just like what you were saying you earlier, it's like I, in my head, it's always been like, oh, you you reach this like Zen moment, and nope. you just like everything's okay. Nope. And it's like, yeah, but like, yeah, when you're saying it's like, no, the getting distracted is part of it. And it's like, oh, well, then maybe I have actually been successful. You, you, then, there may be Zen moments, but you can't will them into existence. And yeah, I mean, what you described, what Ross described as being in the cafe, where actually really. Uh, he did yeah. a sense of calm came over him great that, that yeah. does ha- happen but that doesn't mean he did it right and you're doing it wrong it just means like that's the situation that ar- arose just, there yeah. um and next time he meditates that it may be the exact opposite it doesn't matter it's really not about being becoming a better meditator it's but about like being better at being alive yeah that's the skill that you're trying to train L- well, one last question for you guys given that we've only heard um uh, the sort of personal narratives of David and Sean, right? Shane. Shane. But, but Sean, Sean is one of the names. Right. Sean's right. one of the names. <laughs> one of the names. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, sounds, yeah. it sounds like uh, it sounds, I'm just gleaning from some of the comments that all of you have had personal challenges. So I guess, I guess my question is, if my cor- prediction about the trajectory of this band is correct and that things do work out well, which I would be very surprised if they do not, Will won't that pose challenges of? I mean, we've seen behind the music, right? So, like, won't that pose challenges too? Yeah, I mean, that's something that 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 is a big. That's like a big fear and something that we actually like kind of talk about too, because it's like. It's like if we can fuck up our lives with no money, <laughs> like imagine what we can do we with can do, a lot of money. You know, money. like yeah, yeah. so and and but that's that's the thing is like hopefully I and and I totally understand why people do fuck up their lives bad if it's like the trajectory is like straight up you don't really have a time to like be appreciative or or understand what's going on or understand living, especially if you're like a lot younger too. I and like that's why people are ass, is because you know like you, we they haven't had to like live through any of the shit that we're yeah. living through. So hopefully, yeah, we do talk about that kind of a lot. Well, I hope it's a problem you get to deal with. Uh huh. <laughs> I really do. Um, uh, I feel it, like you could. Where we got some extra Culture Beauty shirts too. And oh, you I'll could, wear them. You could wear one on on a on ABC News. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you could. Sorry. I mean, you could. <laughs> I, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Um, but I definitely will wear it um, in public. How's that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's start, start baby steps, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
You guys are awesome. I we've never had a podcast where we'll, we'll have to do this amount of bleeping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just got a wah wah look from Lauren, our producer. Um, thank you guys. Really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. You're, uh, thank you. I, I love you even more now. So appreciate it. awesome. Thank you. Okay, that does it for another edition of the 10% Happier Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to subscribe, rate us. Also, if you want to suggest topics you think we should cover or guests that we should bring in, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan B. Harris. Importantly, I want to thank uh, the people who produce this podcast, Lauren Efron, Josh Cohan, and the rest of the folks here at ABC who helped make this thing possible. We have tons of other podcasts. You can check them out at abcnewspodcasts.com. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. If you like 10% Happier, and I hope you do, uh, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books. Once upon a beat, remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family Podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.